Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. You see, today, even sometimes you and I, when our faith is not strong, it's weak. Many people say this, show me God and I'll believe. You've probably had people say that to you. If God will prove it to me, I'll believe. No, God doesn't say that. God says, you believe me and I'll show it to you. Do you see the difference? And you're going to understand what that is. God says, first believe, then I'll show it to you. God's ways seem backwards to most people. People want to see something before they'll believe. God says to believe, then he'll show it to you. This can be very frustrating for humans and is a reason that some people choose to not follow Jesus. Pastor Mark will be teaching about the fact of faith. Everybody exercises faith in some areas of their lives. It's just a matter of what you're willing to put your faith in. Yourself, another human, a false god, or the true God. So as you listen to today's teaching, ask yourself which of those options you're willing to put your trust in. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 as he begins his message, Growing Faith in God's Plan for Every Christ Follower. Again, you really need a Bible to follow us through as we walk through the subject and the area that God is giving us through the Apostle Paul and, of course, the Holy Spirit who wrote the Word of God. I'm going to be teaching on faith. I want to show you a picture, and it's a picture of faith. And on the left-hand side is Saji. He's the head of the Harvest Mission that Linda and I were to, and we've been there now twice in India, he actually also has a church in Toronto, and that whole organization is amazing. And then you know who that guy is in the middle. You can't miss him, except I can read now with just readers, and my eyes are all good, so that's good there. Now, I want you to look at that gentleman right there. That's a picture of faith. This guy was a Hindu all his life, and somebody led him to the Lord. And so, He became a Christian. By the way, hello, could I call that a miracle already? (laughs) Yeah, big time. And he put his faith in Jesus Christ. Well, as he went on, he was going to a church and it was all new to him. He's an illiterate, totally an illiterate. Can't read or write. I was writing down, I came across something, I can't remember how many. Uh, Oh yeah, 287 million people in India cannot read and write. Now think of that, that's almost our population. So he's illiterate, can't read or write. So while he's in the church, he's just learning to grow a little bit as a baby Christian. And it's all new to him, of course, hard when you can't read and write. 
to follow the Bible. And one day he had a dream and he came to his pastor and he said, I had this crazy dream. Doesn't make any sense to me. He says, I want to know, could this be from God? And the dream was this, get a Bible and open it and I'll teach you to read. So I went to the pastor. He said, that sounds strange. You know, and if I'm thinking about it now, I don't think Satan would say that. So the pastor got him a Bible. The first time he opened it, he could read. This is a true story. I met him twice. True story. True. And he just read the Bible like he'd been reading his whole life. Now, would anybody call that a miracle? Now, for him to open a Bible, would you call that a step of faith? Yeah, I'm going, okay, what is that? I'm sure he tried it before. He couldn't read a thing. Now, the second step of faith was he is now a pastor. He has a church of a 1,000 people. Now, think of that. On the borderline of India and Pakistan, huge place. While we were over there, there was a war over there. On that border. Now, that was two or three years ago. Amazing people. Miracle. Three or four people. He's prayed for them. They've been raised from the dead. Literally proven from the dead. Now, the next step of faith was he's passed it along to his son. His son has now just opened a church of his own in the same town farther away from dad. Now, I would call that a lifestyle of faith, wouldn't you? Stepping out, trusting, and believing God. So I just wanted you to see that God's still at work. It doesn't matter where. He's at work, and faith is the key. Now, as we start, you're going to see this, faith in action. And we look at verse 2, 1 Thessalonians 3, verse 2. Paul says, we sent Timothy, who is our brother and God's fellow worker in spreading the gospel of Christ. Now look at these words. To strengthen and encourage you in your faith. Paul's writing, sent Timothy to a young church, a very young church, to encourage them. Now he'd already taught these baby Christians that they would be experiencing in their life something they'd never seen. Trials, trouble, and persecution. Now, of course, they've seen those kind of things, but never because of spiritual areas. So Paul sent Timothy there. Remember, he couldn't go. God said no, to strengthen and encourage them in their faith. That word, your faith, is appearing in this chapter five times. So we know what the focus is. Growing faith is God's plan. This is exactly what was happening. Now, actually, you know this. When we speak of faith, every person has faith and lives by faith. You know, when Linda and I got on the airplane to go over and come back, you know, 20, 25 hours over, coming back. You got on the airplane. We didn't know the pilot. We didn't know who made the airplane. But we just had faith. We got on it. You say, well, that isn't faith. Well, I don't know what you want to call it. That's faith. It's faith. When we ate over there, we didn't know the restaurant. We didn't know the little place. Some, we don't eat the street food. I've been smart enough. I've been going to India since 1990. I know that. I, I knew it wasn't too smart when I did it in the street. I won't do that again. 
It tasted good one time. That was about it. And understand, when you eat in an unknown restaurant, you do it by what? By faith. You don't know the chef. You don't know where they got their food, whatever. It can be any place in the world. And we trust people involved in all those things, the pilot, the people that made the plane, the food, whatever. But you and I, as Christ followers, we live by a different faith, a different faith. Look at what faith is defined as. What is faith? It is confident assurance that what we hope for is going to happen. But this is why it's faith. It is evidence of things we can not see. We can't see it. It's just not there. Now, the object of faith is God himself and his word. It's very different than the faith of getting on an airplane or taking some medicine. Is it really the medicine that it's supposed to be? Where is it made? This is very different. The object of faith for a Christian is God himself and the very word of God. Now, true faith watch this, must be based on a command or a promise of God. That gentleman who couldn't read, that was a promise that came from God during the night. He did the right thing, going to a pastor and say, I'm new in this. Could that be from God? And the person said, just test God and step out and see what happens, for sure. So where do we find the promises of God? Of course, most of the promises of God don't come from dreams, but God can do that. He does that in a number of the places all through the Bible. But normally, they come from the Word of God. Now, let me read you a verse. You may want to write it down, because sometimes we misunderstand faith. Mark eleven twenty two. Jesus speaking, have faith in God. Have faith in God, Jesus answered. Now, notice Jesus didn't say, have faith in faith. Have faith in your church. Have faith in your pastor. No, have faith in God. The object of our faith is God himself and his word and his promises. Now, here's where faith is very different for you and I as Christians. We live, really often the Bible talks about living as walking. It's a lifestyle. We live or walk by faith, not by sight. That's why it always takes faith, a step of faith, as that man did. He opened the Bible, never read before in his life, no schooling, totally illiterate. But He just said, okay, I'm going to do it. I wish I could just see a Bible and start reading right now. No, he had to open it. Now, Paul says, basically, there's two ways to live. You can live by sight, or you can live by faith. Now, what is the easiest way to live? It's by sight, of course. Absolutely. According to what I can see. And then it's really not a step of faith. I could just see it perfectly. But God designed our lives to be lived in the other way. An option called faith. Why? Because that's the most exciting lifestyle in all the world. Why? Because we're trusting our God and we can't see the evidence of what he says is going to take place. 27 years ago, some of us stepped out in faith to see what God would do. We had no evidence of anything. People come now today, and they're new to the church at a different campuses, Sebastian, whatever. Say, so, did you plan to have a church of eight to 10,000 people? Yeah, oh, sure, I did, absolutely. Are you kidding me? 
Of course not. We had no evidence of anything. It had nothing to do with us. It was just stepping out and believing God. Now, you remember Thomas. Thomas wanted the apostles. He missed the night that Jesus first appeared to the apostles. <laughs> and the guy said to him, hey, man, we saw Jesus. He said, I don't believe it. And this, I put my hand in that place where the sword was. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. So Jesus came on another weekend, and he offered him a chance to touch his wounds. Jesus said, Thomas, because you have seen me, Thomas wouldn't do it. He knew he blew it now. He knew he was wrong, because there's Jesus right in front of him. He didn't have to touch anything. And Jesus said this, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. But blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. You see, today, even sometimes you and I, when our faith is not strong, it's weak, many people say this, show me God and I'll believe. You've probably had people say that to you. If God will prove it to me, I'll believe. No, God doesn't say that. God says, you believe me and I'll show it to you. Do you see the difference? And you're going to understand what that is. God says, first believe, then I'll show it to you. Now, we live our faith by trusting in the promises of God. Has anybody here ever seen God or Jesus? Of course not. So why do you believe in him? Why do you follow in God and Jesus? Well, it's by faith. Why would you read the word of God? Did you ever meet an author of the word of God? Not one. But we just read it because you took a step of faith. Now, when we did that, how did you become a believer? You believed the gospel. Somebody shared it with you. That man, somebody shared a Hindu that there was a real God, a true God. You know, India and Hindu, there's hundreds of millions of gods. They're all false. And so this man, like you and I, we trusted God to save us because he promised us that if we do this, this, and this, that we'd be a believer. So we trust in him, and the Spirit came into us and witnessed to us, you made the right decision. You didn't see what what was going to happen. You just heard it was going to happen, and all of our sins were gone. Now, when that took place in your life, could you prove your sins were all gone? Hello? Am I talking to people that aren't here? I think there's people here. I'm hoping... Did you see your sins go, woo? But did you feel it? But feelings aren't very good. Because three days from there you went when Satan said, nothing happened to you. Are you familiar with that? Yes. So we do it by what? Faith. We trust what? God's word. God's word. And that's exactly what we did. And that told us that we made the right decision. Now, here's what I want you to write. Take a look at this. God designed everyone to live by faith and not by sight. Notice, he went to that man who was a Hindu who knew nothing about Jesus. He didn't take it and water it down. He had to make the decision in his heart that I'm going to, by faith, ask Jesus, who I don't even really understand yet, except that he can change my life, and he did. Now, remember this story in Matthew, Matthew chapter 8. Lord, my young servant lies in bed, paralyzed in terrible pain. Jesus said, I will come and heal him. 
But the officer said, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come into my home. Just say the word from where you are, and my servant will be healed. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Turning to those who were following him, he said, I tell you the truth. I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. Here's what I want you to write. God wants every Christ follower to grow in their faith. You see, saving faith is nothing more than the start of our life. If you're a Christian here, that's the start. That was saving faith. You put your faith in Jesus. But understand, it's a life of growing faith, maturing faith, trusting him not just for our salvation, which is obviously primary, but in many other areas of life. Now look at what happens in verse 5. You're right there in 1 Thessalonians. Look at verse 5. For this reason, when I could stand it no longer, Paul writing, I sent to find out about your faith, the believers in that church. I was afraid that in some way the tempter might have tempted you and our efforts might have been useless. Paul knew that Satan loved to sidetrack new young believers. And he knew what he was asking because Timothy was there. He's asking, is your faith growing or is it decreasing? Are these trials causing your faith to kind of weaken or are you growing strong in your faith? Well, let me ask you the same question Paul was asking through Timothy. Are we growing in our faith? Well, Pastor Mark, I've been a Christian 40 years. That's not the question I ask. Are we growing in our faith? Is our trust in God and in his promises increasing? Now, the reason I'm asking you is because God, after I got back from the trip on Wednesday morning, basically went to sleep Wednesday morning early from the trip, that morning, God woke me up. Ask me that very question. Are you still growing in your faith? You're going to challenge the people? Are you going to challenge? Are you growing in your faith? Can I ask you? It's not a discussion. Are you? Yes or no? That's for you to answer. Now, that's a challenge to me. Because sometimes, you know what we can do in all of our lives? There it is. I'm saved. I believe in Jesus. That's good. No, that's just the start. Are you growing in your faith? Now look at verse 6. Paul says he's worried as their faith decreased. These trials and things cause them all kinds of problems. Look at verse 6. Here's good news. Paul is a long way away. He's in Corinth, but he loves good news. Here it is. But Timothy has just now come to us from you, and he's brought good news about, notice the two things. Circle it in your Bible. Your love... And your faith. He has told us that you always have pleasant memories of us and that you long to see us just as we long to see you. So rather than bringing back bad news that the Thessalonians, their faith has wavered, it's gotten weak, their faith was strong and their love for others was very active. That good news really encouraged Paul. Why? Because these new believers, can I use this term? Got it. They understood. They were maturing in two areas, in faith 
and in loving other people. Now look at verse 7. Therefore, brothers, in all our distress and persecution, Paul's talking about his own life. Remember, he had to run from that before he came to Thessalonica. He beaten up, he and Silas and, and Philippi. Therefore, brothers, in all our distress and persecution, we were encouraged about you because of what thing? Your faith. It was standing firm. Look at verse 8. For now we really live since we are standing firm in the Lord. Their strong faith challenged and encouraged Timothy. He says, I was concerned about you as a pastor is. That's why I ask you that question. He says, but I heard good things. Your strong faith is growing. Now, here's what I want you to write. What was he understanding? What do you and I understand? Here it is. Growing strong faith comes from a growing personal relationship with God. You can't grow in strength and in your faith if your relationship with God isn't growing. Because that's impossible. It comes from trusting God's word and God. So that quiet time that you have, the quiet time that I have, Why in the world would God wake me up at 3 a.m. and 4 a.m. the last two or three days? Well, he's been speaking to my heart. You know, when I go on a mission trip, Linda and I go, it's hard. It's difficult. But God always challenges me when I go because I get away. I don't have 43 phones ringing. I don't have a 1,000 emails coming in. I just have God. And we're there. And he challenged me. So I want to ask you, how's your faith? Is it growing in your relationship with Jesus Christ? It can't come just from reading the word of God. It has to be that personal relationship. You see, the better we know God, the easier it is to trust him. And that's what faith is. Putting my trust in God, knowing the character of God. We know the character of God, and we know that God honors good, growing faith. Now, Look at verse 7. Therefore, again, you notice, in all our distress, look how it repeats itself. I'm just repeating it for you. I want you to read this together. Therefore, brothers, in all our distress and persecution, we are encouraged because of your, say it with me, your faith. For now we really live since you are what? Standing firm. What does that mean? What does standing firm mean? It isn't wishy-washy. It doesn't, oh, a big storm came yesterday, we're giving it up. No, not at all. It's there. It's solid. It's solid for them. Now, how do we get faith? Paul knew this. This is why he wanted to go back. Look at this. Let me read it to you. Romans ten seventeen, New King James Version. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So growing strong faith comes from hearing and believing the Word of God. doesn't do any good to hear it and not believe it, not to put it into action. So the more we read, the more we hear, the more we obey the Word of God, the more faith we have. It comes from the Word of God. Today, Pastor Mark began teaching about faith. You learned what faith is and how it's utilized in your life. You discovered that it is God's intention for you to use faith in your daily living and that it's impossible to please God without exercising faith. 
Pastor Mark reminded you that faith is like your muscles. It needs to be developed and increased for you to be a successful Christ follower. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue his teaching, Growing Faith in God's Plan for Every Christ Follower. He will show you how Paul, as a pastor, was concerned about the Thessalonians losing their faith in the midst of being persecuted. You'll hear about Paul's reaction to finding out that the Thessalonians not only were holding fast, but increasing their trust in God. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series, Live Here Now, Then Live There Forever. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.